For the last few years, I worked on a sitcom called Call Me Cat starring Mayim Bialik. Around the set, I usually didn't see people like me. Dominican, Colombian, Latino, Latina, brown. So when I did see someone that looked like me, I immediately made a connection with them. Just like I did with this makeup artist who's also a native New Yorker like me. She's Boricua from the Boogie Down Bronx. Okay, uh, my name is Quelly Calderon. So glad I can say it with an accent because I normally I say Calderon, you know. You do? Yes. You do? Why? I mean, I know why, but tell me, me why. Let me finish my introduction, okay? Quelly has been doing hair and makeup in Hollywood for almost 30 years. And she has worked with some of the best, especially in the music biz. So I started with En Vogue, then that took me into uh, working with Def Jam artists at the time. I started in music, Sick. so I did LL Cool J, um, Raz Kaz, uh, Snoop Dogg, oh, Ashanti when she started off, Ooh. Eve. Yeah, a lot of people. Sally Richardson back in the day. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. We don't have to talk age, but there's no I, there's no way I thought you were old enough hanging to with this. them people. Okay, well, yeah. good. That's because, well, what's the phrase? Because I know it's black don't crack, but I'm Puerto Rican, and so I'm not very dark. So what can we say? Beige don't age? Beige don't age. Seriously, y'all, I can only hope my beige skin don't age after being in Hollywood for as long as Quelly. She is a beautiful woman inside and out. Plus, she's mad talented. Now, I've only had the luck of having Quelly do my makeup once. She was hired to do makeup for Kyla Pratt and Julian Gant, the two black actors on the show. But after getting to know Quelly on set, I started thinking, it feels like a good thing to hire black and brown folks to do the hair and makeup for black and brown actors, yeah? But isn't it also weird to segregate? Like, shouldn't talented folks of any color, like Quelly, be working for all the best of any color? So, I decided to sit down with Quelly and talk about how she got her start in Hollywood, what changes she's seen in the industry, and where we still need to go a long ways, y'all. My name is Christopher Rivas, and this is Brown Enough, stories between black and white. Here we go, y'all. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. We're back with makeup artist Quelly Calderon. Uh, you got your start in hair. I did. Now you do makeup. Yes. What was the transition? Well, okay, so I'll go back just a little bit. So, of course, in high school, I was 17, graduating. My parents were like, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm a kid. Like, what do you mean? I had no clue. My mom wanted me to be a uh, chiropractor. Don't know why. Reputable. Right. So I had a knack with hair. I would do, like, perm the cats in the neighborhood's hair, and I'd put Kool-Aid on the girl's hair and dye it. I was obsessed with all that stuff, with hair stuff. So I thought, oh, well, I have a knack for this. Let me just go to beauty college and get these parents off my back. I knew you can 
do hair and make money. And I thought, okay, I'll go that route. But I had no idea that you can make a living doing makeup. I started doing hair. Six months in, the owner of my salon, who was my hairstylist all through high school, I said, when I graduate, I'm going to be your assistant. And she was like, you are? I just told her, because, you know, my mom's from the Bronx, honey. We tell you what we're going to do, right? Closed mouths don't get fed. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's Bible. I took it seriously, because I remember the teacher said, these are the statistics. Out of 34 students, only 7% will graduate on time. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't be a statistic. I'm going to graduate on time. No joke, I was the only person to graduate from my class of 34 students on time in 10 months. That was it. So then I went to work for the woman at the salon, Sheer Spectrum. Can't believe I can remember the name. And um, before you know it, I had my own chair. I married one of her (laughs) barbers in the salon. True story. We took (laughs) over the salon (laughs) six months later. And then all my clients worked in the music business. Literally, half of my clientele worked in the music business. They were always like, do you want to do hair for a music video? And I was like, sure. Have you ever done it? And I'm like. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I faked it. it till I made it. That was the snowball effect. That I started with in Vogue. They were brand new artists. Wow. Never they just got signed. So we had no idea they were going to be like huge. And I uh, assisted for the uh, young lady named Tracy Johnson and at that photo shoot I met Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, wow. who is now known as Mark Wahlberg. And he didn't have a makeup person, and that's when I thought, oh, my God, I need to do makeup, too. So eventually, people would ask me, can you do makeup, too? And I was, again, yeah. And I bought, well, they were tapes then, VHS tapes and magazines, every magazine. And I just got all my homegirls from the hood, from the neighborhood, did makeup, like, every day until I figured it out, self-taught. And uh, that was how... I transitioned from hair to makeup. What's your favorite part of the job? You know, it changes. It it goes through phases as to what you love about. And I'm sure it's the same for you as an actor. It it changes. So it used to be, yes, the artistry of makeup. I used to just like couldn't sleep thinking about how I was going to do your makeup. It's changed now. I think now it's meeting people and just having that exchange because it's always an exchange. It's like I get so much from you guys, the people that I do the makeup. Um and uh, I love that part. So I think as I'm getting older, the my favorite part is the exchange that I have between client and artist and just appreciate that part. But in terms of the craft itself, I do like the transformation. I do like to see the person go, wow, I didn't even know I could I could look like this or this is amazing. And I know it's God-given because there's sometimes I don't do my best. Sometimes I'm not feeling it. Sometimes I'm sad. So I just do this thing. And then and the person is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. If you think so, you know, that's all that matters. So it, it varies from, from uh, decade to decade, I'd say, what, uh, what, what I'm excited about. Now, I'm not a makeup guru myself, but I do remember hearing about Rihanna's makeup line, Fenty Beauty, a couple of years ago. And I heard that it included both the light colors and, more importantly, the darker ones, too. And I was like, cool, that's great. 
And I figured that the makeup industry was progressing. But Kweli says it's taken a lot more than just one beauty line for things to change. What did you have as a kid? Nada. Nada, nothing. Okay, I'll tell you what we had, what we what we worked with. It's funny that you asked that. We had Vitapoint. I don't know if you remember Vitapoint. It came in a long white tube, and it was like a hairdressing cream. It was equivalent to uh, uh, Alberto VO5, which was hella greasy, right? So we had those two things, and uh, my mom used to put that in our hair like a lot and then do these two little twists and we swore it made our hair grow. I don't know if that's true. We had those products. We had a dippity do, which was like a horrible gel full of alcohol. What else did we have? Oh, makeup. Nothing could match my skin because it was cut off somewhere like maybe two or three, two shades under my complexion. And I'm pretty fair um, considering. And so we had prescriptives from what I can remember in the late eighties, which now everybody will be able to figure out how old I am. We had prescriptives and that was the first company I knew that did a custom blend. So you went to the counter at May company or whatever, um, Robinson's May or whatever, and they would custom blend your, your powder and your color. And so that was when poof, everything changed because before then it was, um, Maybelline, L'Oreal, Revlon, CoverGirl, things that you could get in the drugstore. Not the greatest quality, but we were kids. We didn't care. We will take that stuff, but there was no shades for us. Hmm. My sister, forget it. Nothing. So prescriptives changed the game in terms of having those uh, next level colors for for us uh, brown girls. These products that we talked about you didn't have as a kid, you have them now? There is everything. Everything that we lacked back in the day, we have it. But what happens, and this is truth, these companies start out, like, we'll just say Mac, for instance. Most people know Mac. The the gentleman that formulated Mac, he was a Canadian artist, great a makeup artist from Canada. He formulated this line, but Estee Lauder came in and scooped them up. So like most big corporations, I don't know who they are. They're definitely not makeup artists making these decisions. They're changing stuff. So they'll be like, oh, I, this Mondo color, let's get rid of that. And let's get rid of that. And then the makeup artist is like, that's the best thing you got. Like, So what they do is they take all these things out. So now it changes the line. So I cannot say that there's one line that has everything. And I have my feelings about when these big celebrities start makeup lines. I think that they should take the artist and platform them and be behind them but let it be the makeup artist because that's the true people that are doing this I'm not singing I'm not acting your mama teach you tips and tricks? I can't say that she actually sat us down with it, but I think that we were mesmerized by her. So I think just her doing it is how me and my sister, like, saw, you know, that's how we learned by observation. Uh, but yeah, she always kept her hair done, even though she did it herself. Um, always had her makeup done. I think she was a big skincare person, and I am too, because it is like the, it's the... Um, it's the canvas, if you will, of anything you're going to put on top. 
So I, I hate when actors don't invest in their skin. It's like, really? You are plastered across this screen and you're not going to spend money on your skin? Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. You were saying you watching your mom get ready was mm-hmm. kind of, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, like masterful or... Mm-hmm. And I have that same feeling around really my father who, you know, a Dominican man who put a lot of effort into the preparation mm-hmm. uh, or the mask or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if that's a cultural thing, the the preparing of oneself. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think that just looking back, I think that it's pride. Um, I think that it's also being forced in this country to be 200% because we know that when we show up, we are not fully at the top of the list. So we go into this whole thing of like, well, I may not get it based on this, but I'm going to look damn good. And I think that that, I love when men do it because they should, because, you know, men can get a little scruffy and and crusty. So I think it's, it's culture. And I think it was the time frame too, back then, like their parents raised them to be sharp. I mean, you got dressed Every day, no matter what. But yeah, I do think it's culture. It's like you go out and you represent your family too. That last name. When you see a person, do you see do you see shade? Like, do you see them by shade? Is that a thing you? Yes. When I go to work, I do see you in shade because I'm I'm automatically trying to figure out what I'm going to use on your face or what your undertones are. I go into that. Outside of work, no, I don't see shade at all. I just. I like all things beautiful, so I'll be like, ooh, he looks nice, or she's beautiful, or look at her hair, you know, but I don't, but not until I get into the, my office, if you will, do I see shade. What's my shade? Um, <laughs> you're like café con leche, pero con mucho, mucho leche, you know, like almost just. Coffee milk, a lot of milk. Yeah, like, uh. Give me a splash of coffee in my cream. That's yeah. what you are, you know, and I see that. But you have, um, you almost have a pink undertone a little bit. Whoa. Yeah. It could go different places depending. If you're in the sun, you have that I skin that's going to change. Quick. Yeah. And so then that's going to take you into the more olive zone. But when you're more, when it's winter, you kind of can get a pink kind of, maybe possibly from your Colombian side. I don't know. Is your Colombian uh-huh. side more fair? My mom's super fair. Okay, there it is. See? I'm psychic. <laughs> to be real, y'all, this is not the first time I have been called cafe con leche or other things like that. No lie. Multiple times I have been in a grocery store with some sort of white woman I was seeing or a friend and they look at the jar of dulce de leche ice cream and say, look, Chris, that's you. When white people say stuff like that to me, it's annoying. I roll my eyes like, yo, I am not food. But coming from Kweli, from a brown woman whose job it is to notice subtle differences in shades and skin tones, it feels like a compliment. It feels like she sees me. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Quelly and I are going to talk about how brown makeup artists like Quelly are only hired to do hair and makeup on Café Con Leche actors. Why is the world of makeup and hair so segregated? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Stick around.
And we are back with makeup artist Quelly Calderon. Throughout her career, Quelly has done hair and makeup for stars of every shade. But I needed to know, what's the difference? What does a makeup artist need to pay attention to that the rest of us might not be aware of? It might seem obvious, but what are like some major differences between a white person and a person of color? Um, okay. For me, because I'm a big skin person, skincare person, it's uh texture, first of all. Huge. I mean, I don't know why people of color are more oily. I haven't looked it up, but it's true. They're they generally are more oily as to why probably the skin and they look younger longer, but uh lighter skin is drier. And so, therefore, causes more wrinkles and more creases and crevices, if you will. So, texture and um, texture is number one, I'd say. And then what the skin does. See, there's this thing called oxidizing. You know, ox- you know, your skin oxidizes, right? Color oxidizes. So, I can put a color on your skin and it'll start to do some changes on its own based on the oxidation of your skin. Well, when you do stuff on white people, it does totally different. And I had to learn. Again, it was from repetition. It wasn't like I was just like the greatest with white skin. I just had to really pay attention because I wasn't around it and go, oh, they get this blue thing under the eye. Or you can see the veins a little bit more. Or they they get rosacea on the cheeks. We don't get that. Or they're dry or flaky or we can't put too much powder because the wrinkles around the eyes, this woman will kill me, you know, because unfortunately white women, they age a little quicker. So they're always um, chasing that time, especially for the roles that they're given, you know? So, so um, yeah, there's a lot of differences and it's about, um, okay, what color is going to bring out her blue eyes versus I've always dealt with brown eyes. There is a difference. So those are some of the things that I've had to encounter. And you and you learn, and you better learn quick if you want to work. Are there colors that look best on darker skin tones? Yes. And and you know what the joke is? And I listen, it's just the truth. More colors look better on darker on on the skin that's darker for some reason. I don't know why. You can go, you can you can do orange, pink, purple, blue. The only colors you really have to stay away from, in my opinion, are the silvery colors, the light blue colors. Uh, some of the lavenders, they don't do well. I mean, you can make it work, but I've found that you can use brighter colors, muted colors, as long as you blend. This is for the folks at home. What are some of your favorite like tips or tricks for brown folks? Well, take care of the skin, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> take care of your skin, because if you do that, you don't need that much makeup. Um, I, I think that it's absolutely finding the right shade of foundation. And that means that it's not just one bottle of color. So Blending. Pe- We're back to blending? No. Yes. Got to know how to blend. But what that means is like usually a woman will go into the store and buy one bottle, one color. You're not one color. Nobody is one color. So these companies are selling, yeah, this is your color. This is your shade. Here, N17 or whatever it is. And no, you need, you possibly need 15 and 
and 18. I always use two or three colors. Like when I do Kyla's makeup, I use three colors on her because she's not one color, especially brown skin. Because, you know, when we're on the sun, this top of the hairline close, I mean, top of the forehead towards the hairline gets a tan always. So now are you going to put that lighter shade there? You're going to be able to see it because now it's looking gray or funky. Yeah. So I think getting the right foundation is the key. I'll tell you a little joke about Wesley Snipes. So I had this one foundation stick. True freaking story. Can't make this up. I bought it. I knew I wasn't going to ever use it because it was very dark, but I called it my Wesley Snipes (laughs) color, which is maybe not the best politically (laughs) correct thing to do, but I am so inappropriate. I hate the the, the new movement of you gotta be like it's preparation. Yeah. Not so I'm like, this is my this is my um Wesley Snipes color. Never use it. I swear I never used it. And then one day, Quali happens to be on the set of the Conan O'Brien show. And guess who is booked as a guest? Wesley Snipes is on the show. First of all, I love him. He's an amazing action actor and a Leo, of course. So I'm like, can't wait to meet him. I got my freaking Wesley Snipes color in my bad because I bring it everywhere. And they say, hey, Quelly, he doesn't have a makeup artist. You think you could do him? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yes. And I got my Wesley Slice color, right? So I get up to him. He's not, so, he's a little smug. He ain't like the friendliest, right? And he kind of looks at me because I know he's had bad experience because over the years, go back and watch those movies. He's gray as a mother, <laughs> okay? So I say, hey, Wesley, hey, nice to meet you. You know, oh, I just love your work, da, da, da. He's looking at me like, uh-huh, this light-skinned girl, is she going to really screw me up? And I go, you'll never know, but I have the color for you, and it, and you're going to look great. You're not going to look gray. And he's like, okay. And I use my Wesley Snipes color, which was a color by Iman. She had a makeup line. I don't know if it's really around anymore. This is how far back this goes. But I used my Wesley Snipes color on Wesley Snipes, and he looked beautiful. He wasn't gray, and he didn't say nothing. It wasn't like he was like, oh, praises to you. But I knew he was satisfied. So that's... (laughs) Wesley Snipes, you were prepared. I was prepared. It ain't ain't politically incorrect. It's preparedness. Everyone got to be prepared. Exactly. Technically hired to do just the black actors, <laughs> which when you say it out loud like that, and then it's kind of wild, right? But this is a common, this is a common thing for film and television, right? Like this, this weird. Uh, just let's get in there. This weird segregation in the makeup room. Fuck, yes. actually, this segregation in the ma- hair and makeup oh, room. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yes. Okay, I'm gonna just fly in that door. I love this moment because this has been my existence in this business. So to go back a little, when I first transitioned into makeup, I thought, oh, my God, I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, uh, Latin television and actors all in California are going to want me and I'm going to work with all of them because I have the advantage. I, I can do, uh, if you would say, lighter uh, Hispanics or Latins or middle, dark, Afro-Cubans. I can do it all because I know how to do this. This is it. I'm going to do everybody. Not true at all. 
honestly, I did my first uh, Spanish-speaking McDonald's commercial maybe seven years ago, and I've been doing wow. makeup for 26 years, okay? So that'll tell you that. So, yes, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Um, I'm usually brought in to do the black people, but they won't say that I'm being brought in to do the people of color, which I also think is very interesting. But I'm a straight shooter. Just say that you're bringing me in to do the black people because that's really what it is. Over my entire career, I've always done African-Americans. And even my dad never really said anything. But I know he was probably like, do I wonder if they think she's black? Because I in music, I did all African-American artists or, you know, you know, people of color. And when I got into television, same thing, you know, and um, I was I'm OK with it because it paid for my children to go to school and all my bills. And I've made a great living at it. I made quite good money over the years. But I just inside always thought, what is this? Do they think I'm African-American? I mean, my name is Calderon. It's clear. I don't know. So I just thought, okay, they think I'm black. And it's okay because in America, if that's who embraced me, I'll go with it. Because it wasn't like in California, the Mexican community embraced me. They were like, who are you? They didn't know what to make of me. So I couldn't really, it, I didn't fit in there. And then, you know, so I, I stayed where in my groove where I could make money. But uh, it did bother me because when you talk about diversifying this business, I, uh, it's a bittersweet term for me because if you're going to diversify uh, the makeup trailer or whatever or production, hire me to be the department head. Yeah. Real change, real diversity would look like mm-hmm. make me the head. You know, what else is Yeah, because needed? diversification to me says, here's this all white cast, but you're 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 overqualified because you can do them. And if we get people of color in here, you got that color people of color in here, you've got that covered. That's I have never, and I will say that. I don't say it with pride, but I have never been the department head on an all-white show, all-white cast show. But yeah, like, hey, we're here. We're here. Hire people that are qualified. You know, I mean, I'm I'm 20-some years in, so I'm kind of complacent. Like, okay, I'm working. Great. So I'm not really, like, picketing outside about, you know, give me the job. But it would be nice for the people that are coming up that are really hungry to be able to get those bigger dollars because the honest to God truth is me and my friends talk about this all the time. The bigger budgeted stuff, and you know this, it's probably no different for you as an actor. We're not, you're not making friends money, you know? So we don't ever see those checks unless the person that brings us in fights for us and says, you know what? I'm making this. My makeup and hair person should make this because this product that you want to sell, I don't look like that in the morning. You need these guys to sell this product you want to invest in. Preach, Quali. She is so damn right. Now, let me be real with y'all. I look pretty good when I wake up in the morning, but I look a lot better when I get to set and leave the hair and makeup room. Her work matters. We need more people like Quelly, and like she said, we need to see them on every level. Invest in us. Invest in us, y'all. 
And I want to encourage you to always go for the impossible. Never set your limits and always strive for more. Always. You got this. I know you do. Much love. Peace. See you next week. Brown Enough is a production of Stitcher. It's created and hosted by me, Christopher Rivas, and I'm also an executive producer. Our team includes producers Manolo Morales, senior producer Abigail Keel, technical director Casey Holford, production assistant Gabriella Gladney, and executive producer Camille Stanley. Original music by Casey Holford. Special thanks to Brendan Burns and Abby Aguilar. Workhouse Media is a contributing producer to this podcast. Carlos E. Hernandez of Ikigai Management is also an executive producer of Brown Enough. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Brown Enough so you never miss an episode. Thanks. Witness Docs from Stitcher.